really a special privilege for me to be here this evening. Um, for the order of the service, I'll be sharing a few minutes, and then Jared will give you an update on the Choice Books in Mannheim or Choice Books Pennsylvania. I'm delighted to have Glenn here. Glenn will give us an update on what's happening in Choice Books Mid-Atlantic or in Brooklyn. And then Joe Bacher. Joe is the executive director. I'm really grateful he can be here. Joe will give us an update on the Ministry of Choice Books in general. <clears throat> Thinking about this evening, preparing for this evening really brought back a lot of memories. And if I think of the way that the church here has supported Choice Books and supported me, I, I think, I feel this way. I just feel like if Choice Books was a blessing to the world. Choice Books Mid-Atlantic in the past 30-some years. It's largely because of you here who have been so supportive and so encouraging and in so many ways gave support. And so I just really want to say thank you. And some of the memories that I'll be sharing are just a way of saying thank you to each of you here. I first started going to New York City in August of 1992, so it's some over 30 years ago. At the end of the year, we had 27 displays. And soon after, in, in, in December of 1993, we set a store, a display in a store called Mellor's Drug Store. Mellor's Drug Store is about uh, five blocks away from Glenn's house. And so all the guys... All the VS staff, at some time or other, that had been there have been, most likely all of them have been in and out of Mellor's Drug Store, servicing the book display there. We actually ended up getting the display because our van broke down north of New York City. We took the train down to Brooklyn, stayed at Allen's house overnight, and the van still wasn't ready to go, so he took us around to visit some of the little businesses, some of the little shops in that area. And Chandra at Mellor's Drug Store left us put a display in his store. It's been there for some over 30 years. It's just been a special, that store still has a special place in my heart. Currently, there's over six, there's 617 displays at the end of the year. In December, there were 31,889 books sold and 2,006 Bibles. And so I just continue to be excited and blessed at, uh, the way that the Bibles continue to sell. Usually about 6 to 7% of our sales, somewhere in that range, of the sales in Brooklyn are Bibles. And that particularly is encouraging for me. <clears throat> During the early years, when I started going to Choice Books, there was a lot of men from the church here that went along. I don't know how many of you have memories of going to New York City with me. I'm just really curious. How many of you would have went to New York City I knew that most of the people, or a significant number of people over the years, especially in those early years, went along. Just really made a lot of good relationship memories with the church people here. And then Marlon, Marlon Byler, for I think he told me tonight about seven years, made a trip weekly from here to Virginia to bring a load of books from Virginia to the little warehouse we had here, and then I would take them from here to New York City. And so Marlon... Thank you for your faithfulness for those seven years, times once a week, several hundred times you made the trip from here to Manassas. Thank you. 
During 1995 tax season, Floyd Stolzus helped with servicing book racks in New York City. And he just really caught a vision to have the churches here somehow involved in the ministry. And so he uh, took it upon himself to see what he could do. And there was a group of men that were asked to form a, for lack of a better word, I call it a board, a group of men that were asked to form a board. Zemelzuk, Floyd Stolstus, and Elmer Glick from the congregation here. And those three men really provided a link between the church here, the churches, Weaver Town, Myrid, and Peckway, between the churches here and the work of Choice Books, and particularly Choice Books in New York City. There was a number of things that they really were instrumental in helping with. One was the helping to recruit young men. There's some over 60 young men that have been in New York City now since the VS program started there. Eight of those were from Mine Road here. And then James and Melanie were from here as well. They were there for about nine years. And Glenn and Angela have been there since January of 2015. So just over nine years that Glenn and Angela have been there. And so to the church here, I just want to say thank you. You've really been a support in that way. Another way that you've really been a support is through offerings that were taken here for housing costs for New York City. Housing is really expensive. I'm just really thankful, very, very grateful that Glenn and Angela have a nice place to live, a place where their boys can play outside, still be safe, still be practical. And uh, the offerings you've taken here have helped make that possible for Glenn's. Luke Brubaker is also a Choice Book employee. Luke and his wife, Carlita, live in the Bronx. Luke is a minister with the Light of Truth Mennonite Church in the Bronx. It's a small Mennonite church that the Pilgrim Churches, the Pilgrim Mennonite Conference Churches, started several years ago. <clears throat> Luke loves being a Choice Booker. Just really finds a lot of delight and joy in servicing book displays. He lives in the Bronx, and about half of his servicing time is spent servicing book displays in the Bronx. So in a lot of days, he only drive 20 or 30 miles the whole day, which is very, very, very different than most people. Luke said this, and this is a message to the churches here. I love being able to tell people I interact with in the stores here in the Bronx that I live here. Relationships with people are so important here, both on a personal level and on a business level. Please express my deepest appreciation to the churches in Lancaster for their support that enables us to live here in the Bronx. And Luke actually contacted Choice Books. He was trying to think, what, how could I move to the Bronx, be a part of the church there, and what, what could I do for work? And so when he contacted Choice, it worked out in a way that was really, truly, truly an amazing gift from God. I just truly thank God for Luke and want to express that appreciation from Luke and pass that on to you. The Seat of Life Committee, or group, and there's quite a number of the, from the church here that have been involved in that over the years, have really been involved in another significant event that took place. Um, back in the early 2000s, I'm not exactly sure when it was, the early 2000s, a number of them really had a vision to start a church somewhere in the Connecticut New York City, upstate New York area. And I remember taking trips to 
a number of places. We looked at a church in New Paltz, New York, which is north of New York City, and uh, that was for sale. That was later converted to a personal residence. We looked at a property in Marlboro, Connecticut, a former lodge property. Actually put a bid in on it, as I recall. That didn't work out. And then God in such a unique way. And the story is fascinating. How Jonas Lapp and Carl Kaufman were in New York, or I'm sorry, Connecticut driving around trying to find a place that would seem practical. And Carl said, Carl Kaufman said, why don't we uh, contact the, uh, some local town people? And so they did. And they stopped at a local town um, office in Hampton, Connecticut, and met a man by the name of Mike Chapel. Mike was delighted to meet them. And uh, through that relationship, welcomed Jonas and the people that were interested in starting the church there, welcomed into to Hampton, and uh, really was instrumental in giving assistance and helping the church find a place to have church, to finding people, making connections with local people in Connecticut, with the church people there. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift from God. So to the seed of life, to the men here that have been involved in that over the years, just a really big, big thank you. God used that ministry in such a unique way. And in August of 2018, the church in Connecticut, Hampton, Connecticut, started. And what happens now is instead of the books coming here and going to Brooklyn every week, the books get shipped to Hampton, Connecticut, and someone from Hampton takes Hampton takes them to Brooklyn or to Glenn's Warehouse on a weekly basis. <clears throat> the last trip I took to New York City was in October of 2020. So it's been almost some over three years since I took my last trip to Brooklyn, New York City with Choice Books. Still a big part of my heart, and uh, I just really bless and uh, respect Glenn for work that he and Angela are willing to do. In 2021, the Choice Books programs, through a, a uh, number of different events, through the, the Choice Book programs, decided to merge into one organization. And so in 2021, the merge took place between Choice Books of Pennsylvania, which was the Choice Books opera operation that was in this area, and Choice Books of Northern Virginia. I helped with the merger process for one summer, and then Jared took over the responsibility of district manager after in the uh, December of 2021. 2020. December 2020, I think it was. So to Glenn and to Jared, I would just really like to publicly bless you. Um, when Moses, before Moses died, God told Moses, Moses, you're going to move on. And uh, then Moses said this, God, what I really want you to do is set a man over the children of Israel that can go before them, that can lead them out that can bring them in. And when I think of choice books, I think of New York City and the 28 years that I spent there, I'm just really grateful that God brought Glenn. 
to fill in the, the role of district manager there. And for Choice Books of Pennsylvania, I'm just really grateful that God brought Jerry to fill the role of district manager there. And my present role is helping in small projects, special projects. I was in uh, Texas and Louisiana and Florida the last two years for about a week each, just helping with different projects I needed done. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that. And also we'll be helping with, we're developing another responsibility of doing church relations, church presentations or school presentations for choice books. Nelson Kurtz have been doing that and passed away here recently, so I'll be helping with that responsibility some. As I reflect back on choice books and your support here, your blessing here, I just really want to honor God for being a faithful God. And I just really want to say to the congregation here, it's really thank you and bless you for the support you were. It's really because of you that Choice Books of Mid-Atlantic is what it is today. So from my heart, thank you. We'll have Jerry come up next, talk about Choice Books of Pennsylvania, and then Glenn, Choice Books Mid-Atlantic, and after Glenn, Joe will take responsibility the rest of the evening then. Well, Dave asked me if I would talk a little bit this evening, and he said you can take about five minutes, so we'll see what I can do here. My wife wasn't sure if I could keep it to that. Um, anyway, I'm sure it's okay if I go more than that, but I will try to keep it fairly concise, and you can feel free to ask questions afterwards um, to me or Joe or Dave or Glenn, anybody that is involved. Um, I just, I'll just share a few things here, what Choice Books means to me, and then maybe a little bit more on a informational side so you know a few things about what I do and so on. Um, the question that comes to mind when I think about working for Choice Books is, so why do I work for Choice Books? Really, why do I work for Choice Books? Well, one of the, one of the answers to that question is because I go to church with DJ, um, and he got me involved here um, at Choice Books. Um, he knew when I was leaving school that I was looking for something else, and he one day said, hey, you should come up to Choice Books, because he had just stepped into the interim management position there. Um, and I was like, okay, well, sure. Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do at this point. Really didn't think I was going to go to Choice Books. but um, So I did go and visit, and to make the story very short, it felt clearly by the time we were a few weeks into things that Choice Books was the only option that was left after I pursued some other options. And it felt like, well, if this is where God wants me, then that's where I'm going to go. So I started there as a um, service rep. And then when DJ got to tax season, um, or a little before that, um, they were saying, we need somebody to take his place. And asked, and in a number of months of, or weeks of prayer at least, um, we decided we would step into that role. And it's been a blessing. It really has. Um, there is a fair amount of responsibility that goes along with it. And some days I wonder why I'm the one in charge. Um, but at the same time, I am very grateful to be a part of the ministry of Choice Books. It is a blessing to be a part of um, what is going on. And I feel like so much of it 
kind of, like, I can't really take credit for what happens at Choice Books. Um, I feel like it's, God is the one that's in control, and he's the one making things happen, and I just get to be a part of it, and watch it happen, and try to help make things happen in an orderly way. Um, a verse, a couple verses that come to mind from Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, we studied this in our Sunday school a few months back, and we had talked about the verses in 27 and 28 there in chapter 10, and they say, Jesus was saying to his disciples and so on, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And then he says, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So we had talked about those verses, and one of the next couple days, I had the opportunity to be out in some stores. I was in a Walmart down in, in Delaware. We have a manager there that has about 10 stores, and he wants a table or something up in the front of his, each of his stores, which is um, a huge opportunity. So I walked into this store, and the store, the, the table was right up front. I mean, literally, it's right where everybody goes through the self-checkout line. I would say well over half of the people that come through that store, probably hundreds of people, maybe thousands in a day, I don't know. It's a busy store. Walk right past our display, and every book on that display at that point had something, a Bible verse or the word of, you know, the Bible or God or something on the front of it. And I'm like, this is a remarkable opportunity to be here in some of these stores. And I've been in some of those stores, and and I've seen a lot of, um, I feel like it's very progressive and liberal and just a lot of different influences. And some of the conversations over here in the store is very, there's some people there that are very openly gay and um, different things. And it's just like, you know, this is, this is, an incredible opportunity, um, and I'm just really blessed to be a part of it. I love going into stores and seeing Bible selling, um, especially over Christmas or Easter. We sell a lot of Bibles, even otherwise we do as well, and I feel like that's one of the things that makes it worthwhile. Um, in Pennsylvania, um, since the merge has happened and so on, there's been a lot of growth and like I said, I feel like so much of that is just, it's really not anything I've done. It's just the opportunities come. We have salespeople that do some work, and there's opportunities that come to us, and I just get to help try to make it happen. Um, recently, we set about 92 or 93 new CVS displays, new CVS stores. Uh, a bunch of them are in Philly in that area and the surrounding areas. Um, so huge opportunity there um, to grow. And I think that puts us, I didn't actually look at the total count, but we're 650, 660 something stores in the Pennsylvania district. Um, we are, I'm currently in the, in, in the process of training in a new rep for the Eastern Shore area, like Delaware, Maryland, and so on. We're just getting done with that, and that's our ninth rep. So we have nine reps in Pennsylvania um, that are doing the work out there. And then myself, and we have a warehouse manager. So, and our district, it is called the Pennsylvania District, but some of you probably don't know that we cover, like, the southern half of New Jersey. Glenn takes care of the northern part of it. Um, And then we go down the eastern shore, Maryland, Delaware. Um, We have up into upstate New York. We cover a large part of that. And probably the eastern two-thirds of Pennsylvania. 
Uh, we even have one store that's in Virginia. So we get to claim six, six states that we are in. Um, so it's, it's a fairly large district, and there's a lot to keep track of. Um, yeah, but it's a blessing. Um, one more question before I sit down. Are there ways that you can be involved and help? Um, and there's a couple of ways that quickly here. One is if you get into a store and you see one of our displays, feel free to stop by and straighten it up. Um, that's a blessing to have people that keep after our displays because they do get messed up. And if they look nice, they sell more books and Bibles. Um, another, another opportunity we have, we're a little far away here, but feel free to drive to Mannheim. That is where our, 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 our warehouse is. And we have volunteers that come there and put stickers on the books um, that have the price and our logo and stuff on them. Most of our books go through that process, and we sell thousands of books. Um, and so somebody's got to put those stickers on. So we have a lot of, especially elderly people, volunteers that come in and do that for us. And it feels like we're always looking for, oh, we really should have a couple more volunteers. So if there's anybody that has interest in that, we could also use young people too. would not have to be um, older people. Young, young people could come and be a blessing there and enjoy it as well. The interaction that happens there is, I think, very mutually beneficial. Um, it benefits us, but it also benefits them. They, the people that come just love it. They're like, this is our second home. We just love coming. So um, that's, that is fun. There is a front room up there in Mannheim that still has lots and lots of books in it. Um, we are getting through some of the stuff that came from the post, like from the pre-merge. Um, but there's still lots of books there. So feel free to come up anytime, stop in. I say anytime. Our hours are generally from 9 to 3 during the week. Um, so, and if you want to contact me, I could probably keep it open for you a little later than that. But um, it's there. So we'd love if people come get the books and use them, pass them out. We have some people that come in there every week or two. They'll come in and take boxes of books and go just give them out. Um, and everything in, in there is by donation. So we have this guy that comes in there. He gives a good donation. I don't know where he gets all his money, but he goes and gives the, gives the books away. He'll go out on the street and, and hand them out. Um, so there's opportunities. Um, and yeah, like I said, if you have questions later on, feel free to ask. Well, good evening. It's a blessing and a privilege to be here and to share with you all tonight. Um, wow, I've, my mind went down many trails here as DJ was talking and, and Jared even just on some of the history. And I remember um, DJ probably somewhere in the 90s, you came, you were here, gave a presentation here on a Sunday morning, I think maybe. And I just remember as, I don't know, what was I, somewhere 12, 14, somewhere in that, in that stage. And you were just up here all excited about the Bibles you were selling in New York City. And that planted a seed in my mind, um, but I never thought I would be a part of Choice Books. <clears throat> but it cert certainly planted a seed. And um, so, and just your, your charisma with, with Choice Books, you know, that, that certainly had an impact. Um, but maybe tonight we'll plant a seed in someone else's mind or heart. And that would be a blessing. I know it kind of feels like we're kind of preaching to the choir because there's a lot of exposure here to choice books. But I would echo what DJ said in that this is sort of a thank you as well 
Um, we have felt your support and been blessed in so many ways by this church. And um, we're grateful that um, we can name this church as our church. And um, yeah, we do that with, um, we enjoy doing that. <clears throat> so um, just thinking of in the past, thinking, um, going back through some things here, it, it really is hard to believe that nine years ago we stood up here and had our um, dedication prayer before we left for New York City. And I remember very well standing up here and thinking, ah, we'll be back in a couple years, two or three years, and you know we'll just go on with life. Um, but if you would have told me <clears throat> on that Sunday that we would still be in the city nine years later with no plans to come home, I think I'd have probably panicked. <laughs> it's fair to say that God has unique ways of getting people to do the things that he wants them to do. And I would, I would also say along with that, never say never. Never say, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> because sometimes I think God just kind of laughs when we say that. <clears throat> if God can convince this farm boy from Lancaster County to live in New York City for a decade, who knows what he can do with you? <clears throat> I'm not indicating that God makes us do things that we don't want to do. But he does have ways of molding and changing our hearts so that we can be used where he needs us to impact his kingdom. I will remember about six months after we moved to the city, driving back in after being away for a weekend or something, and kind of having the feeling that mm, coming home. And I had kind of mixed feelings about that. I wasn't sure that I liked that feeling. Um, but, you know, in some ways it does feel like home. In, in many ways it feels like home to us. Um, <clears throat> There's a lot, of, a lot of places, a lot of things I could say here this evening. Basically, my goal here is just to show you, give you a glimpse of our life in New York City. I could talk a lot about choice books, and I will a little bit. There's been a lot said, and there'll be more said yet. I just want to give you a little, a little glimpse into our life in New York City and, and what we experienced. Um, I'm often asked the question, why would you live in a city? And sometimes I echo that question, and sometimes I'm like, why not? <laughs> right? Um, or the question is, how do you raise a family in the city? And, you know, our children are, you know, children just like your children. And we need to teach them obedience just like you need to teach your children obedience. Um, but there is, there is challenges that come with that. Um, and, you know, there's, a, there's just a lot of different things that we experience. <clears throat> I have a few pictures here to show you tonight when it comes up. <clears throat> Maybe we can get the front lights. I think the projector's kind of warming up. All right. So this is not the reason that we live in the city, but it's a bonus. I don't know if you can see that. Ice cream truck. All the children have ice cream cones. Um, All right. Um, so it's certainly not Lat Valley ice cream, but it's good ice cream. This particular inc incident was um, last spring, and it was the last day of school for the boys. We homeschool, by the way. And so we decided, well, we're going to flag the ice cream truck down tonight and get some, get some ice cream as a sort of an end-of-school celebration. Well, we got out there and we got some cones for, the, for a couple of the boys, and, and he was like, oh, here's cones for the babies, too, and for your wife, and... And after a bit, we all had cones, and he didn't want us to pay. 
I don't know, we, we probably $30 worth of ice cream. So we got free ice cream. And this, this man is a Spanish fellow. We can't really communicate with him. But he always, it's happened different times where he's seen us on the street. He pulls over and dishes out some ice cream cones to us without us even asking. So um, we kind of like when that happens. Um, but he always points up to, up to heaven for some reason. I'm not sure what all he's after, but it's, it's an interesting interaction. Um, another bonus is that we have a creek in front of our house. <clears throat> Um, especially if, if, uh, someone up the, st- up the street opens up the hydrant, which happens quite often in the summer here, the couple of the staff guys are watching our two little ones splash around in there. Um, we also have a great barber in the back. Don't worry about the guy in the picture there, but we have a great barber in the back. That's a uh, very nice shade on the summer afternoon. <clears throat> and then sometimes we actually work. We actually do some things. This is a part of the, the CBS project. Jared touched on that. We had about. Uh, was it 80 stores or so in our district that we set? About 14 of them were in Manhattan. This is right out, right on the edge of Times Square. Um, it was a rainy day. We were there setting these displays. What a privilege to be able to set all those stores in Manhattan and the surrounding area. Um, got to take the boys along with me on this project quite a bit, and they enjoyed that. And this is um, DJ. You see the Hannaford store in the background there. You probably had that at some point. This is upstate New York, and Drew was with me for the day. And uh, it was a big help to have him along. Here's Jackson um, putting some shelves on a display there in a CVS. This is also Jackson's about a year ago, helping me stack books. It's always fun to have them along. Here is, um, after we set one of these new CVSs, an employee, we were hardly, hardly had walked away from the display, and she's there going through all the books, looking at them, so excited about these books. That's always fun to see that from the employees. And hard work makes good sleeping. <laughs> um, so this is, this is our current staff. Um, Choice Books had um, given us the opportunity to take our staff and ourselves out to eat for an evening here last summer. So this was a picture of us doing that. The three staff guys on the left there, Kendrick Yoder on the left, Evan Lapp in the middle, Darrell Martin on the right. Um, That's our staff. Evan, the guy in the middle, is leaving here in a couple weeks. We don't have a replacement for him yet. So if you know of somebody, or if you are somebody, um, we could take you. Good guys. Really good guys. We have a good good crew right now. Um, The the guys live in an apartment above us, and in a lot of ways are like family to us. I think this was Darrell's birthday and celebrating that. the children, we have to have rules about the children going upstairs because they just like going up there and hanging out with the guys. Um, that's a lot of fun. And we have them down most Tuesday evenings for a meal. This is not the meal. This is a, a settler's game afterwards. We often play games or do something like that afterwards. Have a lot of good interactions with these guys. And um, in some ways they feel like sons to us. <clears throat> so this is us walking to church on a Sunday morning. This is part of the caravan, um, especially in the summertime. We enjoy walking. It's about an eight or ten minute walk. Um, we don't have to find parking. Sometimes I, it takes about as long to drive there and find parking and walk back to the church as it does to just walk there. And um, so that's a fun, fun thing that we have. A church, the church is a big part of our lives up there, and um, yeah, a lot of good interactions there. One thing about Choice Books that I like is that it enables churches and enables church planting. I've seen that, you know, with Connecticut, 
New York City um, has, or the, the church there at Followers has been impacted by having Choice Books there now for 30 years. The current pastor came as a Choice Book staff 20 years ago, right, DJ? Something like that. John Culp. Um, and so, yeah, just having the guys coming through there, and that's, that's been a huge support for the church there. There's a few others that have got married and stayed there as well. This is a dear sister, a, a Nigerian widow lady that um, comes to church and we befriended, and she's just a blessing to our family. You can see that in this picture. She's kind of a grandma and um, really a prayer warrior. You want to hear someone pray, <laughs> listen to her pray. Um, she'll come and stay in our basement sometimes and for a few nights or whatever. <coughs> and you can hear her down there sometimes at midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever. She's down there praying and having a worship service, whatever. Um, she really is a gift and has been a big encouragement to our family. Um, she's faced a lot of hard things in her life. <clears throat> this, my wife turned 40 here just, just about six weeks ago. And the church pulled off a surprise party for her. So this is the ladies that were there. The, the whole church was there, basically. That was a lot of fun and a, and a huge blessing. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to be a part of a church that, that um, cares for each other like that. And as you can see, there's a lot of diversity. And it's, it's unique and, and um, it's fun, but also creates, ch- creates challenges as well. But it's, we're grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that. You can close this slide if you want there. Um, so Jared asked the question, too. And, you know, I'm thinking of the question as well, why choice books? And I've, I've asked that question different times in our time there. Why do I do choice books? Maybe I'll use this thing if it's still on. Um, one example of um, that just happened on Friday. I was servicing um, some CVSs out in Long Island and walked up to display back by the pharmacy and as I walk up to scan it, I hear this conversation between a customer and the lady at the pharmacy. And they're talking about Bible studies and being Christians. And I was like, what? I'm kind of tuning in. What is this conversation about? And so the pharmacist was telling the customer about these Bible studies that she does and all this. I don't know what their connection was or how the conversation had started. But in the middle of the conversation, she said, yeah, and that display of books back there, right behind you, has a lot of good books on there. And she, she talked about how she reads a lot of them, and it's just, she's so grateful for that display. And that's just, whew, what an encouragement. Um, you know, there's a lot of times with doing the work of choice books, it's a lot of logistics, it's a lot of um, getting in a van and just driving and, you know, all this kind of thing. And, you know, it's easy, it can be easy to lose sight of what we're actually doing. Um, but that was just a huge boost for me, realizing that that display is impacting that lady's life, an employee in, in the store, um, and who knows who else who else's life it's impacting. We often get comments when we're at the displays. Uh, people are grateful to, see, to have these books. And yeah, there's Bibles on the displays, but it's so interesting how often either employees, receivers, and or customers call us the Bible guys. The, the, the you know, BS guys walk into the back of a Walmart, oh, there's the Bible guy, whatever. And, uh, you know, how do they make that connection? I don't know, but, you know, it's certainly... Um, what we do, people see. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see that. It also comes with a responsibility and um, not all the interactions are positive, but there is a lot of good, uh, good interactions that we have. Just going back into the, a little bit more of the personal side for us, 
Um, you know, I had commented earlier about the support of the church. Um, you know, we're really, really grateful for your support. Um, just in general, through Seed of Life, all that directly supports us. And I don't know, I don't know what it would be like for us to be there and not have a church here that cares about us and, and does things for us and supports us. Um, and those of you that have been away from home, I think, understand that. But it is such a gift to have that, and we're so grateful. <clears throat> what does our future look like in New York City as far as our family? Um, we have asked this question over and over for the last nine years. Um, are we where God wants us to be? <clears throat> for most of our time there, um, we kind of had this mindset that, well, we'll just be here for a year or two yet. And, but God just kind of keeps us there. And it seems like whenever we take steps or think about doing something else, moving away, the doors close. <clears throat> that, that, <clears throat> that hasn't always been easy. And, you know, it's been a lot to process for us. <clears throat> um, but maybe um, one way you could support us in that is just, you know, join us in praying for what does it look like for us. Um, we want to be sensitive to what God has for us. And so if you want to pray for us, that's one way you can pray for us, that, that we would be able to hear what God has for us and that we would be willing to do it. Um, so other ways you can pray for us, um, that we would be faithful where God has us. Um, there's a church, there's a staff to interact with, there's a lot of local youth that we have a lot of connections with, kind of through the staff, there's a lot of youth in and out of our house. Um, and we want to be faithful to what God calls us currently. Another way you can pray is creativity and finding things for our boys to do. Um, that can be a challenge, and yeah, they're very active, and what can we do, what can we get them to do that would be productive? <coughs> Another prayer request would be that God would protect the work of Choice Books in New York City. Um, New York City is not a conservative place. Um, there's a lot of headwinds there, and uh, we felt some of that, but you can pray that God would protect, and it's not just New York City, it's around the, the country as well, but specifically thinking of New York, pray that God would protect that. Also, another way you can pray for us is that we could find replacement staff for this year. So we need someone very soon, immediately, really, and probably at least one more this year yet, if not two. So you can join us in praying for that and spread the word um, that we need staff. Thank you again so much for your time and for your support for us. We are very grateful. So it was in the late 1700s that William Carey began to feel this burning passion for missions and especially reaching unreached people with the gospel, and, and his heart was drawn towards India. Um, many today consider William Carey the, the founder of the modern mission movement. When... Uh, he was getting ready to leave for India as a missionary. His church in Northampton, England, held a, a farewell for him. Um, and it was at that farewell that 
William Carey looked at his friends, and he had been describing the work of missions as, as going down into a mine to gather, gather jewels for God. But he looked at, he looked at the, the congregation, he looked at his friends, and he said, I'll go down into the pit if you hold the rope. And tonight, the honor for me it, it, to be here, and as has been already stated multiple times, the honor for me to be here as, as the director, as a representative of Choice Books, is to just thank you as a church for being that church that has held the rope so many times for Choice Books, for Jared and his family, for Glenn and his family, for DJ and his family. Um, through the years, through your prayers, through your support and encouragement, um, through your financial giving, through the, the staff needs that we've had. Tonight, this presentation is, is a little different than what we often do because sometimes the need of the, of the presentation and the need of the hour is to share information and updates. Um, I think most of you are fairly well-versed, in, and you don't need more information about Choice Books, but tonight, just being a privilege and an honor to be here with you as a congregation, and thank you. Um, I will be sharing a bit of information and a bit of an update, but more than that, it's just an opportunity to, to thank you as a group and, uh, and to bless you for, for being that church that has Again, like I said, so many times, so many places, so many ways, you've been holding the rope uh, along with Choice Books. Choice Books mission statement, um, I have it up here on the screen, uh, to share the good news of the gospel in the general marketplace through inspiring and wholesome reading material. Choice Books, as an organization, um, is more than 50 years old. As a, as a concept and a way of ministry, it's approaching 60 years now, when some of the early visionaries began to have this, this vision, this idea, this, this uh, call in their heart to share the good news in the general marketplace. And in those days, it was referred to as book rack evangelism. And there were several early visionaries that were not even connected to each other, but individuals and some churches that um, the, the mid-60s, the 60s in, in the United States, um, some of you remember that, some of you don't, um, but they were not that unlike some of the current just culture and realities that, that we face um, today. The 60s were a very tumultuous time culturally, socially, economically, politically, unrest and, and things that were happening that, that were just shaking America and the churches of America kind of at the core. And in that period of darkness and confusion, um, like I said, there were, there were a few men, visionaries, that had this idea of, of what would it look like to share the gospel in the general marketplace, you could walk into a, a, a CV, uh, not a CVS, you could walk into a drugstore um, in the 60s and there was open pornography on the shelves. And, and these visionaries were thinking about ways, rather than cursing the darkness that was enveloping, what about lighting a candle? And that was one of the, one of the ideas was so let's give people a choice 
about the books that they pick up, and hence the name eventually becoming Choice Books. But to have that opportunity to have a choice um, in the midst of all the junk that was out there um, that, that people could walk into a drugstore, people could walk into a supermarket, people could walk into these places, the general marketplace that they were going in and out of every day. There weren't Christian bookstores back in those days. Um, and, and the opportunity for just ordinary people to come in contact with good books was something that was rare. And so, again, organically, kind of independently of each other, some of these early visionaries began placing book racks in um, drugstores especially and began selling Christian books. One of those early visionaries was, was Mark Martin from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, and this was a quote that he made in the 60s. The cleanliness of Christian books is, is appealing to a lot of people. So much of the book racks today is junk. People are searching and they browse through the Christian books and the Holy Spirit can speak. Tell them, here are some answers. And this is one thing that I just want to, I want to note, I want to glorify God with because um, I continue to see this happening um, most every week. We get responses from customers who have picked up one of our books. And in some way or another, their life was changed. Their life was made better. They were encouraged. There, there was something transformative that happened. But the one, the one most repeated, and we've had through the years, thousands of responses from customers, um, but one of the most oft-repeated phrases that we receive in our customer responses is they will be talking about coming into a, their drugstore to pick up a prescription or going to the supermarket or walking through an airport or wherever, but they'll be walking by the book display and the comment that will so frequently happen in, this, in the reader responses is, the book jumped off the shelf at me. Now, it didn't literally, but that's the language that's used over and over again. That's the Holy Spirit at work. That's not our work. That's not, that's not something we can do. But, you know, the, the amount of just discouragement, purposelessness, depression, anxiety, all of the things that are just pressing in on people's lives today, as they walk by the book display and they see that title, the Holy Spirit will minister and will make that connection between the title of that book and the need of their heart. And they stop and pick it up, purchase the book, and something transformative happens. And so this was something that even in the 60s, Mark began visualizing that the, whole, the connection that the Holy Spirit can make between the need of the heart and the book that's on the display. And so that was, that was the vision. Um, a couple of other early visionaries, Owen Yoder from Madison area and Simon Schrock from Fairfax. Um, again, that was the catalyst for what became Choice Books of Northern Virginia um, and, and their vision and beginning to put out book displays um, in the late 60s there in Northern Virginia and, and Washington, D.C. Um, again, I, I, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with the history. Again, I think most of you are, are, are familiar with a lot of the history. But one of the things that I wanted to, want to emphasize tonight is the very, very grassroots, organic nature of this vision of book rack evangelism. 
as this vision spread and more and more people became attached to the vision of it, um, different church groups, different individuals, it continued to grow and grow and spread. Um, There were people in Iowa, there were people in the Gulf states, there were people in Ohio, and different church groups and individuals began doing the same thing, uh, placing book racks in in the general marketplace and uh, began stocking them. Eventually, this very grassroots, organic-type ministry continued to grow. At one point in time, in in the 70s and the 80s, there were 27 different groups that were doing book rack evangelism, 27 different churches or individuals that had their little territories all over the United States that were doing book rack evangelism. And, and the reason I have the People's Drug Store, that was one of the first chains um, that Northern Virginia started working with, but it crossed over into a couple of different groups that were doing. And so there was a need to begin aggregating and pulling together, doing things the same way, and purchasing the books for discount. Eventually in the 90s, there was an LLC form, Choice Books LLC, that acted as an umbrella organization and then began pulling all of these individual groups together. Um, and, and it was through that then and the formation of this umbrella organization that um, it was seven distributors that were their own 501c3s. Choice Books of Northern Virginia was one, Choice Books of PA, Choice Books of Kansas, Choice Books of Gulf States, Ohio. There were seven different distributors that functioned under this umbrella. And the umbrella organization was made up of the board chair of each of these other um, organizations. So it was a very complex, and it had developed organically as a, as a very complex leadership, but trying to bring some uniformity and, and the purchasing. Well, through time and all the changes in the marketplace, the squeezing of margins um, and, and the things that were happening in, uh, and, and DJ mentioned it, the, the, the merge that happened then in, in 20 and 21. Um, but Ken Gagner was the CEO of the LLC at that point. And I remember, uh, good friends with Ken, still am, uh, but remember him coming back from a, a summer secluded just away time where he went intentionally to listen to the voice of God about the mission of Choice Books, the sustainability of it, the future of it. And during that two-day retreat of silence, he, he heard God speak to him about the need for one unified national organization for the preservation of the mission because there were several of the distributors that were in financial trouble and, and the complexities and the, the duplication of activities, the overlaps, um, really, truly, the, the viability, financial viability, but also the sustainability of the mission of Choice Books was, was in jeopardy. And, and Ken um, felt like God was telling him to pull the board together and to talk to them about a vision of one national Choice Books organization for the sustainability and the future of Choice Books and the mission of it. He came back, shared that with the LLC board, and from there shared it with all the individual boards. 
And for me personally, like, I am grateful. Like, when I look back on that process um, and, and just having ha- been able to be a part of, of that process um, for all of the other distributors to – six boards unanimously agreed to the vision. Um, how rare is that? Uh, but for six boards to unanimously agree – the, the language I use over and over again when I describe that is the favor of God. It wasn't because we were smart. It wasn't because we were good at it. It wasn't because of those things. God really looked with favor on the mission of Choice Books. And for those distributors to lay down their history, their identity, their organizational structure, and all merged into one. Um, and because of the board, because of the, the structure of Choice Books of Northern Virginia, all of the all of the other distributors merged into that. So today, our legal name is still Choice Books of Northern Virginia. That's how we're registered as a 501c3. The board continued on, and the executive team continued on to give leadership to the national organization. and And I want to thank people like Jason, who have served on the board for years, and just helped bring that that leadership. Um, and that, that vision that's, that's needed. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that today, um, and I know a number of you have been there. The, the main admin office now for the entire nation and Choice Books is there in Bristol, Virginia. So what happens, um, and you've heard stories of it, but just, just again as a refresher, like this is why we do what we do, but what happens when Christian books and God's Word are available in everyday shopping places? I want to tell just a quick little story. This is one that's close to my heart. Um, I remember when, when this happened, when we first got the email from, his name is T. Um, T was a 10-year-old boy. T and his family were immigrants from the Philippines. Um, he developed brain cancer. And so his mom had him at Memphis at the Children's Hospital there, the Cancer Institute for um, for treatment. And one day after he had finished up treatment, she was pushing him in his little wheelchair. Um, and they went into the gift shop and the, his mom told T, you can pick something up to help pass the time today. And as she was pushing him through the gift shop, um, he saw the choice books display and he saw this book, the Bible made easy for kids on the book display. And he told his mom, that's what I want. And she actually tried to talk him out of it, um, not because she didn't want the book, but something that she felt would be more interactive for him and and something that would pass the time. And he said, no, Mom, that's what I want. T went on, um, and and, uh, he took that book back to his room. And and T's mom, uh, Rowena, emailed us after he passed away and just wanted to thank us and the staff and the connections of Choice Books for placing those kinds of books out there. And, and she talked about how powerful this book was in just strengthening his faith. And you can see in the little picture there with his little bald head after his, his treatment, um, T is sitting there with his Bible made easy for kids open and his Bible beside it. And she said he read it every night. And his faith, right up until the end, was so strengthened and so strong um, that 
that she just wanted to express her gratitude to Choice Books for placing that out there. I got the email, and uh, for me, it was a it was a connection because not too long before that, I had lost my son, and to think about this mom reaching out to thank us for something like that and the grief that she was in. And so I emailed back. Eventually, we had a Zoom call, and I I talked to Eric and Rowena for probably an hour and a half that day on a Zoom call, just about choice books and just a connection. Rowena has gone on. She has emailed emailed me multiple times since then. And every time she emails, she orders two cartons, not just two books, but two cartons of this book. And she has since sent them all over the world. And to me, it's just a testimony. You know, we talk about Jesus saying, you know, like the kingdom of God is like yeast in a dough that a woman kneads in and it it permeates the whole. Like that's the grand vision of God. Like he wants his word. He wants his gospel. He wants this message of hope and encouragement to go across the entire world. And now Rowena has sent these books to five different countries and connections that she has from one book that one service rep placed on a rack in Memphis one day, you know, and to think about the power of God and how he orchestrates the story of choice books that started almost 60 years ago with this vision and the story that, you know, we have been given an opportunity to be a part of with choice books, um, with DJ in New York City and Glenn and Jared and all of the other people but your story as well, how that has contributed to the story of a, like a little boy called T, that his faith was strengthened and he went into eternity looking forward because of the impact of a book. And now that family has continued to spread the word into five different countries with this book. Um, we never know. I think it was you, Jason, that said, you know, it'll be eternity before we, and even in eternity, like how many times and how many places, you know, God has allowed our story to touch someone else's story, which orchestrates the grand story of the gospel just being shared around the world. And so I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to, to be a part of that. And again, grateful for the opportunity tonight to thank you for being a part of that. Um, We have over 9,000 accounts across the nation. Um, The the books are delivered. We have a fleet of about 170 vehicles, vans that that do the distribution. There's a breakdown of just when we refer to our mission statement to share the good news in the general marketplace um, involves over 3,000 supermarkets, over 2,000 drugstores, um, hospital gift shops, almost a thousand. Um, the fifteen hundred merchandisers—that's just a nice way of saying Walmart. Most of those are Walmart stores. Um, actually, we're up above sixteen hundred Walmart stores right now. Just a tremendous blessing, as well as airports, truck stops, lots of truck stops, travel plazas, um, military bases. Just an opportunity, you know to impact someone's life one day when they're going into the supermarket for bread and milk, to come in contact with something that's so much more important than bread or milk. Um, Our two primary displays, the spinner display, and then the what we call the 4x4 or the stack base that's in most of our Walmart stores. 
we have others like end caps and some others, but those would be our two primary displays. Um, Jared was talking about tables. Just an incredible opportunity that has grown so much in the last couple of years. Um, store managers especially, they like the in and out promo type things, especially for Christmas or Easter. They like that more than sometimes the spinner that stays on the floor year round uh, because of how they merchandise or whatever. And so we've started, especially at Christmas and Easter, but also some other holidays, um, putting these promos in with tables just stacked up with books. And, and it's amazing the thousands and thousands of books that we can sell off of tables. At Christmas time, as an organization, <clears throat> we had we had over 700 tables out on the floor the month of December um, this past Christmas, which is just an incredible boost to our, our sales. There are some of our title categories. You can see um, devotional and Bible studies are, are the most significant um, category, almost 40% of the books we sell. The activity books, um, those are Bible word searches, and then the, 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 the coloring books that um, most all of the coloring books that we carry, they have scripture verses and, and those kinds of things. Something that, something that does communicate the word of God. Children's books um, and then some of the, the lower categories. I needed to edit this slide. Um, the, the Bible sales as an organization grew in this past year from 4% to 5%. Um, just so grateful for that. DJ was talking about Mid-Atlantic, often 6 or 7%. But as an organization, um, last year, we sold over 285,000 Bibles in the year. And when I think about how God's word is, is being spread through the sale of Bibles and the growth in Bibles, for the first time in history of choice books, um, we've had four consecutive months now where our number one bestseller as far as revenue generated from a single book, has been a Bible. It's, and I, I, I share that, not again because of us, but to the glory of God, but, that his favor is on, on choice books, having this opportunity. But the, the obvious hunger in people to connect to something um, like the word of God. And so, so when I think about our number one bestseller, for the last four consecutive months being a Bible. Um, again, it, it warms my heart, and I, I want to give glory to God for that. Just a, a quick slide, um, how our books are chosen. The publishers send in the books. Um, we get thousands of books at the Bristol office um, that publishers send in that they hope that we'll look at or carry. And so we review them, and those are just some of the categories that we use for review, and then test it, and then if, if it's a good test, um, begin carrying the book. One of the things I want to close with, it's been mentioned, um, New York City does need a, a VSer. Um, and again, this is not new information to you, but just, again, tonight for me to, to be able to just ask um, and, and to request that this group continue to pray, but not just pray, ask, seek, and knock. We're not adverse to you knocking on some doors, to asking, to seeking. But if there's young men that you know of that would be a good fit for BS, um, please let us know. Let, let DJ know. Let, let Glenn know. Um, 
we need someone in New York City, we'll need someone in Kansas later this fall, um, Connecticut is, is the third place where we use VSers, so um, we, we do appreciate the long-standing relationship here and the VS program, but it is a current need again. Um, so again, this is, this is not new information to you, but uh, just wanted to review it since it is a current need. And, and what it looks like to be in VS. Just a closing slide. Um, tonight, again, as a church, like, how can you continue to faithfully walk alongside Choice Books, partner with the mission of Choice Books, to continue holding the rope? Um, the VS is, is a need, um, long term employment. Uh, it has been, it's been a privilege. I want to, I want to honor Jared. I want to honor Glenn tonight um, for being willing to give long-term employment. The VS is important. It's a catalyst for us. Uh, but, but for those people who, who invest longer than a year and, and are willing to make a career, as it were, out of choice books and to be involved. Um, so, again, yeah, good memories of sitting in Jared's house and interviewing him for the DM role and, and uh, walking along his family for a bit, walking alongside Glenn and Angela as they've continued to wrestle with, like, what does it mean for us? What does it mean for our future? Um, it's that kind of stability for choice books is, is something that is, is so important. And then pray. DJ talked about it. Glenn talked about it. The need for just spiritual protection over over the the ministry of choice books when i think about who our culture is and where we're at um and and just some of the things that that are are opposed to the light the amount of darkness that's in our culture i'm amazed that we have the opportunity to carry christian books and partner with secular corporate america um, and put an exclusively Christian display in so many locations. Uh, so just continue to pray for God's protection and his favor with that. And then also the, the financial giving, um, the year-end letter that I sent out, um, just noting how important it is. Like this year, we've had unprecedented growth. But with that, we've also had to purchase like 1,500 new displays for the CVSs, for the Walgreens, for the public stores that we're rolling out in. It's a huge capital expenditure for us. And when we can have donations that help offset those kinds of things, then the, the, the financial returns for Choice Books can be used for the ongoing growth and, and operations of Choice Books. So you're... Your gifts, your financial gifts, helping out with the housing in New York City, those kinds of things are, are very, very important, and, and I want to bless you for that. And then, as was mentioned, when you see a display, straighten it up. But even more than that, and I know some of you may not be comfortable with this, but if you see a store manager or you see a store personnel, walk up to them at your local supermarket or your Walmart and just tell them, thank you for having something like Choice Books in your store. That means a lot. For Choice Books, it means a lot to the store manager. They want to know what their customers want. And when you thank them for having that kind of product in the store, it does make a difference. It, it makes a material difference. 
Um, and so don't hesitate to do that. It's a, it's a way of, of blessing the store manager for making a decision to have something like Choice Books in his store. So those are ways that you can continue to partner with us. Um, again, thank you for the long-standing relationship. Thank you for all that you have done. Looking forward to what God has for Choice Books and the ministry of Choice Books um, in the future. Tonight, I want to just close with a blessing. Father, I, I pray for the Mine Road congregation here. And God, I want, to, I want to thank you. I want to honor you first for the work that you've given us to do and the opportunity to just partner with you, your plans, your story, your work, and specifically the work of Choice Books. Lord, as the, the gospel is out there in so many locations across the United States, even tonight, as someone is walking through a store that just needs a word from you, I pray that your spirit would, would direct and make that connection and be the transforming work in their, in their heart and life. And I just pray also for, for the congregation here an anointing and a blessing as they continue to, with their lives, their ministries, um, share your love to a, a broken, broken world that goodness would come forth and that eternity would be impacted and, and the realization of the, of the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had of, of this stone that was hewn from the mountain, not by human hands, and rolled down the mountain and smashed the statue, but then it, it grew and became a mountain that filled the entire earth. We know that that's your, your desire, your heart, and we pray for that to be fulfilled. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Joe, and each one that had part in that. Um, I think we'll close with one song, and then I'll, uh, Jason, if you want to close with prayer, then. Um, Song number 92 in the spiral bound. Number 92 in the spiral bound.